G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When anyone is separated from God, God tears up. It breaks his heart. Hi and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we'll continue the story series as Pastor Jeff concludes his message from Jonah. Yes, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. And yes, the Ninevites repented. But Jonah's story teaches us about more than just obedience to God. It teaches us that all people matter to God. And there will be a day when you and I will stand before God and give an account for the manner in which we've lived. This is not a free license. This is to show you that God loves everyone, that God is a wake at night for people who are far from Him. This is Today with Jeff Vines and the conclusion of his message about Jonah. Here's what you discover in the book of Jonah. God has more difficulty saving Jonah than he does saving Nineveh. And you start to realize the book of Jonah is not about the evil Ninevites. It's about the evil in the heart of Jonah. Do you know what the message of Jonah is? This narrative? The message is this, that all people matter to God. All of them. Your neighbor who has those beer guzzling parties on the weekend and plays his music so loud and keeps everybody awake. God loves that man. Your coworker who uses profanity and spreads pornography around the office. God loves that man. The man who's homeless, jobless. God loves that man. God simply does not think in the categories that we think. He doesn't say, these are the kind of people that I'll pursue, but I'm not going to pursue these kind of people. These are the kind of people that I'm very interested in. I have little to no interest in these people. These are not my kind of people. These are my kind of people. These people are worth saving. These people are not worth saving. To God, all people, all of them matter to him. Now, I am not saying that God condones the behavior. I'm not saying that you should condone their behavior. I am not saying that sin should not anger you. I am not saying that you shouldn't take a stand lovingly for what is right. I'm simply saying that you do it in a way that reaches out because deep down in your heart, there is a sadness that there is somebody who is separated from God and in your deepest heart, you want them to come near. Remember when Pastor Phil told us about when his first wife was murdered down in LA and his 10-year-old boy was in the back seat? He watched his mom shot and killed. And that his son Josh, as he got older, remember what he did? He went to the prison, sought out the man who killed his own mother to say to the man that he forgave him. I'm not saying that Josh should have said, let him out of prison. He needs to be in prison. God is a God of justice. But I am saying that as an individual, Josh did the right thing. There's somebody far from God that needs to come near to God. No matter who they are, you're never too far from God to be received back by God. All people matter to God. Muslims, atheists, new age people, Hindus, Buddhists, occultists, the sexually immoral, murderers, 
All of these people keep God up at night. When anyone is separated from God, God tears up. It drives him crazy. It breaks his heart. The question I have for you is, people far from God keep God up at night. Do they keep you up at night? Or are there people that you say, I'm not preaching the gospel to them. They're too bad. They're like the Ninevites. I hope they go to hell. If you do that, you still haven't understood grace and what it took to rescue you. Now, I want to give you a warning there. Some of you in the room, you hear this and you're on the opposite side. You're saying, man, I love this church. I'm an Ninevite. I got so much sin in my life, but you got to forgive me, man. It's right there in the Bible. Yes, if you repent. If you repent. Grace is beautiful, but it comes after repentance. And then God will give it a truckload and more to you to say that, oh, I don't have to change. I don't have to do anything. That says that God is not a God of judgment. Because let's be honest, the Ninevites are one case. The Amalekites are another. God waited patiently for 400 years for the Amalekites to repent. They did not. God wiped them out. God is patient. God is long-suffering. God is kind. But there comes a day of judgment for all of us. And grace is plentiful. But it is plentiful to those who say, I now realize I am a sinner and that I need salvation that comes through the cross of Jesus Christ and all those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But if you don't call on the name of the Lord, the patience of God will run out and there will be a day when you and I will stand before God and give an account for the manner in which we've lived. This is not a free license. This is to show you that God loves everyone, that God is awake at night for people who are far from him and his druther, you know, what he would rather, as we say in the South, what he really wants to happen is repentance. So he's patient year after year after year, but the time comes. God is also just, and you will stand before God. And the only saving grace that you have is saving grace the cross of Jesus Christ. So the ultimate question becomes, what have you done with him? Not that you're perfect, but what'd you do with him? Because Jesus says, I'm going to leave my home and I'm going to go to my own Nineveh. And I'm going to do for those people what they could not do for themselves. And I'm going to offer them grace and forgiveness. And then all those who come in are going to form this little community. And this little community, they're going to be people from all walks of life, from every culture, every language, every background, And the word foreigner is never going to be used in this little community called the church because there's no such thing as a foreigner in my church. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's received. All who call on the name of the Lord because all people matter to God. Folks, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? What is our problem? We all have it. I mean, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the pastor for crying out loud. You know, I'm 50 years old now. Well, I said I wasn't going to mention that. Okay. I'm older now. You'd think by now I'd get some of this stuff right in my life. And that you would too. But still yet, when you see somebody that walks in here that's not like you, or that you think, man, who's this person? You still go the wrong direction. Instead of your heart melting, often we judge somebody. We just write them off and hope they don't sit beside us. People matter to God. This is Today with Jeff Vines. We're hearing about Jonah, the stubbornness in his heart, and the lessons God teaches him that we should learn too. Here's Pastor Jeff. Now look what happens in verse 7. 
at dawn, because Jonah doesn't get this, at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. So here we got a miraculous worm. It's a fast eating worm too, because he devours the plant. Verse eight, when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die. And he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. My goodness, this guy's a basket case. Kill me, kill me dead. First, the Ninevites repented, kill me. Now this plant died, kill me again. Again, it goes to show you God doesn't answer every prayer or Jonah would be dead. Verse nine, Jonah said, God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? First he says in verse four, is it right for you to be angry at all? Now, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? See, God's given him a, a test. And Jonah says, it is. And I'm so angry, I wanna die. My goodness, what a little, he doesn't have shade now. Kill me, kill me dead. But the Lord said, verse 10, you've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand and also many animals. Now, I want you to look at this. This is very crucial. Jeff, you said there were 600,000 Ninevites. But here it says, should I not be concerned for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand? This Hebrew terminology is terminology for children before the age of accountability. 120,000 who cannot tell their right from their left. The Bible speaks about an age of accountability. There are scriptures in Isaiah. In Romans 5.13, it says, where there is no law, there is no sin. There's a point in a child's life which they're not held responsible because there's no understanding of the law. God is saying to Jonah, you want me to go and destroy the Ninevites, but there's 120,000 children there. Should I not care for them? And I love this last line. And then as an afterthought, God says, and also many animals. Don't you love that? He said, I love animals too. Those donkeys didn't do anything, man. I'm not going to just, I mean, come on, man. I like, I'm fond of uh, nanny goats. I am. Even in the Bible, when sacrifice is required, the animal's life was to be taken quickly, painlessly as possible. God never condoned cruelty to animals of any kind. They were used for our purposes, but never to be treated cruelly. And God said to Jonah, you've got 120,000 children here and you've got, you got the animals. The problem in the book of Jonah are, is twofold. One, there's a problem with Nineveh, but the bigger problem is Jonah. What am I going to do about the evil in his heart? And he doesn't understand that all people matter to me. So the second question, do people far from God matter to you? Now let me finish the story and then we'll finish the sermon, okay? So when these three guys behind us at Diamondback Stadium kept talking, I was very frustrated. So I did what any mature man would do. I went and told on them. (laughs) I went to the usher up on our row and I said, man, we've been here for six and a half innings. These guys have been talking nonstop. They don't drop a lot of profanity, but they've dropped some. And, you know, I've got a family here. And, you know, we'd not be able to watch the game because they're not even talking about the game. They're just talking really loud. I've, I've glanced at them a few times, but they don't get the hint. She apologized. She said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you've had this experience. I wish you would have come up here earlier. And then she said, I'm sorry, sir, but Dodger fans are just like that. <laughs> she, she judged Dodger fans. Because they weren't Dodger fans. They were Diamondback fans. And I realized she did the very same thing that I had done. Automatically jumped to a conclusion. These guys were probably oblivious to what they were doing. I don't know what I could have done. 
but probably something better than I did. What I should have done is unleash Anthony McMahon's wife, Vivian McMahon. Because she has a way of really just disciplining you while at the same time loving you and somehow edging the gospel in there. It's an art, you know. But instead, I was just angry and I just wanted to leave. And you know, how many times have I said to you, why does God keep putting me in these situations? I woke up because maybe he trusts me and he wants me to use my gift to somehow reach people who are far from God to come near to God. So I am ready for the next time three people behind me start talking really loud at a Dodger game. Of course, we all, we all know Dodger fans don't do that. I've been to Dodger games. I don't know how many times and they are polite. They are kind. I've always said the safest place in the world is Dodger Stadium if you have a Dodger shirt on. <laughs> if you don't, you're taking your life in your own hands. But I digress. That neighbor that you're behind, the beside, the coworker that you detest, have you ever stopped to think that it's not an accident? God brought you there for the purpose of caring about somebody who's far to God from God and bringing them near to God. This is who we are. It's who I am. This is the call of God on my life and your life. There is no reason. There's no reason whatsoever that there should not be a new believer in your life every year. That there's somebody you invest in all the time. I want to ask you to do four things and they'll move quickly and I'll finish. The first thing is this. I'm asking you to do for one what you wish you could do for all. This is not original with me. I borrowed it from Andy Stanley about 10 years ago, but I loved it and I've used it since. I know you can't save the whole world, but you can save one. You can invest in one life, one. And if it took you 10 years, my fear is that I get to heaven and Jesus says to me, hey, welcome, good and faithful servant. And he says, all that grace I gave you, what did you do with it? Well, I kept it to myself. You mean there's nobody with you, Jeff? The grace you've received is meant to be given to somebody else. And there are so many people around you, they're just waiting on somebody to love them. It may be difficult. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But if you invest in more than one conversation over time, the right time, the right place, will you do for one what you wish you could do for all? If you're part of CCV, we ask you, that at every point in time in your life that you're investing in one person who's far from God to bring them near. Here's the second thing. I'm asking you to make your own version of this. Maybe a painting on your wall at home. Maybe a painting on your office wall. This is a great conversation starter. And sooner or later, somebody will come and ask you, hey, I've been seeing this in your office cubicle. I've seen this in your home. I've seen, maybe you have a little card and every time it's your time to pay for lunch, take a crowbar to your wallet. And as it falls out, there's this card with this on it. Everybody should have this somewhere on their person. So that sooner or later, somebody would say, hey, I've noticed you have this. What is this? And then you're able to say lovingly and gently, I have this as a reminder that I was separated from God because of my sin. And I'm not saying we're Egyptians and we worship the sun God. I just think if you write God there, it'll just, it won't give you that inroad. Just put something there that represents God. I was separated from God because of my sin. This is to remind me that I'm saved by grace. And then you draw the cross. Jesus died for me so that I could cross over into relationship. Now, say it in a nice way. Okay, let me give you an example of how not to do this. All right, Somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I've noticed this has been on your wall for a long time. What is it? I'll tell you what it is. This is you, man. You're going to hell. All this sin in your life, you're separated from God. If you don't do something, man, you're doomed. 
Don't do that way. That, that's not going to work. Don't talk about them. You talk about you. Talk about you. I am a sinner. I was separated from God because of my sin. But because of the cross of Jesus Christ, I have now entered into relationship and my eternity is secure. Just say something simple like that. And then ask the person if you can pray for them. I've still yet had no one reject my offer to pray for them. Make this part of your life somewhere. Three, on October the 19th, I'm going to walk out on this stage with no notes. And I'm going to deliver a gospel message because that's where we are in the story at that point. I'm really going to preach a message that's the culmination of 27 years of research on the Passion Week of Jesus. And I'm going to come out and I'm going to preach the gospel message. Your job is to get that one life here so that there's not an empty seat in this place. Your job is not to convert anybody. Your job is just to get them an earshot of the gospel. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they hear unless he's sent? I have been sent to Christ Church of the Valley. I am here. You get them an earshot. And I will preach the gospel. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to open their eyes and convert. And I think if we took this seriously, you'd start praying right now that God would do whatever he has to do to bring that person into this place on that weekend and then trust God to do the rest. I hear stories all the time about people who come and once they come the first time, they're hooked. But getting in here that first time, you're going to face a battle. Because if that's true, the devil knows that. You've got to be strong. You've got to be courageous. Somehow get them here. Now, let me say again, it's not your job to convert. You should feel no pressure on this. This is a covenant you're making with God. You're going to pray that God opens a door at some point for you to be able to speak into their lives and invite them. So you're praying that God is the one that moves and you're at the right place at the right time and that's not a hard task for God. But you're writing down the name of the person who's far from God that you'd like to see come near. Just quickly, last night I went to visit my friend Izzy and Izzy is near the end. It's been a hard one. I would say it's a matter of hours now. I'm hoping that it's not. And I still believe God can do something miraculous. But if you're a pastor and you've been around death enough, you know that death is knocking at the door. My friend Claver Ahurui, who has spent countless days and hours with Izzy, he and I went over there last night and just took a photo of Izzy and us together, maybe one last time. What you don't know about Izzy is he's not afraid. He's more concerned about everybody else around him than he is himself. What you also don't know is that Izzy's here because somebody saw him and invested in him to get him here. Because when Izzy was found, he was a drug addict, an alcoholic, and he had destroyed, basically, his body. But somebody said, here's a man that God can rescue. Nobody's too far. And because of that, Izzy's life is not over. It's just beginning. When you begin to have a heart for somebody who's far from God and you bring them near, you change not only one life, you change the lives of everyone around them. Izzy may go to be with God today. I'm hoping that I can get there by five or by seven, one of the times after the service, and to see him again. Don't feel sorry for Izzy. Izzy knows what's awaiting 
but had somebody not invested in him. Think about the sadness and the frustration. Write the name down and see what God will do. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the power of this narrative. And I would ask you in Jesus' name right now as Jeremiah comes and sings and we all sit in contemplation that if we don't have the name of a one life, that, Father, you would give that name to us. Father, I pray that you'd open our eyes. We pray as a congregation for our brother Izzy and we continue to pray for a miracle, but we know the miracle will come. The question is either on this side or the next, that Izzy will be made well. No more pain, no more suffering, no more problems with bleeding internally, no more problems with kidney failure, no more problems with liver damage, none of that problem, it'll all be made well. And I pray for us to have the heart that you so desperately communicated to Jonah that those who are far from God would come near. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. For joining us on today with Jeff Bynes. That's the end of Jonah's story, a great reminder for us about loving all people as God's creation and about investing in others to bring them closer to Him. Next time we'll continue with more in the story series. Today with Jeff Bynes, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.